Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on another edition of Leading Unfiltered, we have someone who I truly and dearly respect as a man, first, legendary um, activist, man who stands on his own principles. Um, He was doing things that a lot of guys are doing now before it was popular and before social media. Um, With no further ado, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. How you doing, sir? No one can blame, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, I, I hope this is something that's extremely successful for you, man. So appreciate it. Very delighted. I, yeah, no, nah, man. I appreciate you joining me and brother Jada. Yeah, that's right. Peace, brother. <laughs> Peace to you, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Likewise. So let's start from the beginning, man. Uh, not beginning, beginning, but like childhood um i read that you um you grew up in mississippi um single parent household your mother um raised you and your two brothers um how was growing up in mississippi like how was that around that time I... uh, uh it has its challenges man like like yeah. pretty much ev- everywhere else man whether it's, whether it's inner city ghettos uh, you know having having a mother man with just the equivalent of an eighth grade education yeah. You know, uh, and not having the best job opportunities. Uh, but but she made it work, man. Many days trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to eat. Yeah. Uh, not having a father in the house. Sometimes that's a great thing, depending. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes not. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was a struggle uh, from the educational side, man. Just uh, not so much she can give us, you know, after I'm a certain you. period. Because she just didn't pretty, you know, she just didn't know. But... Just having a scrounge, man, you know, get out there and hustle and, and find a way for yourself and trying to figure out what you want to do with yourself. And then once you figure that out, say, look, man, I got to go. I got to go for broke, yeah, <laughs> you know. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading some that you wasn't playing organized basketball. You were just on the court working, just doing some stuff. And some other coach came up to you like. Hey man, like, who like who you like? Don't you ain't on the team or you don't play for nobody? Like so you. Uh, <laughs> Actually, actually, man, it was a, it was a lady. Her name, well, we called it. Uh, her real name was Miss Asaleta, but yeah. everybody called her Miss Cookie. Yeah. And I just been, I've been playing with my brothers, man. Games of twenty one, uh, right across. I was on the same. I was on Central Elementary's uh, uh, school playground, and literally, I could have threw a rock to where they were in the gym trying out. 
but I didn't see any cards. So, and I, even if I did, I, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I was just, I was just hoping, man. She called me over to the fence. She said, go try out. I said, listen, yeah. I said, Miss Cookie, you know, I, you got to ask my mother. And she was a big lady, man. She, yeah. you're not going to say no to her. And yeah. uh, she said, don't worry about you. Don't worry about that. Go try out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I went in, man, and I didn't know anything about Man, I, I was just, I was playing whole court, but it was like I was playing 21. I'm dribbling through people, scoring. I ain't passing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm making my shots, but he had to pull me over. He said, look, man, you can play. He said, but you got to learn to pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then my first game, I remember, man, I'm sitting out. I'm in the locker room. I'm talking to this dude named Theron. I say, man, I was nervous. I say, man, what happens if, you know, what I do? And, I, you know, I'm asking all these questions. He said, man, just follow me. But yeah. before the game was over, the coach, Told him get out of the way and just let him do his thing. I ended up with 21 in my first game, man. I ain't looked back. I said, I love this. I love the way this feels. I want to do this all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. So that was around what 10, what you in the what fourth grade? Fifth grade? Yeah, uh, yep, yeah, fourth grade. So yeah. if I could ask, you missed the fourth grade. So you didn't wasn't in school at the time. Mr. Fourth, no, 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 uh, no. Was it... I, 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 I failed the fourth grade. Okay. And I had to repeat the fourth grade. Okay. Okay. It was said that you had missed the fourth grade, so you, no. so you had to repeat the fourth grade. Yeah, I had to repeat the fourth grade, man. I, cause I when got I, you. When I got attracted to basketball. I mean, I, I already wasn't interested in school. You know, yeah. you went because you were supposed to, but uh, we had you used to have uh, not Fs. They used to have U's. U's. Unsatisfactory. Right, right. <laughs> so I remember getting my report card, man. That's, that's right after I was introduced to basketball. Yeah. And I'm, I knew I wasn't doing my work, but I didn't know it was that notorious. <laughs> I remember looking at my report card, man, and I had literally, not exaggerating, every last grade was all you. I'm thinking to myself, man, my mom gonna kill me when kill. I Yeah. Yeah. I was in the did. same boat. Yeah, I ain't same boat. Hey. Yeah. I don't know. My mom probably last. I was I was trying to change the grades on mine in the fourth grade <laughs> and stuff like that. So you yeah. were braver than me. Yeah. Oh, and I I paid for it dear. Like I I'll just take the whooping. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like yeah, I knew it was gonna come. Like I'd uh, rather her see something on there and have to figure it out than me just go right in there and just hear. You was different kind of dude to try to change the grade. Okay. Oh, I was that's cheap to it. Yeah, yeah that's bad, that you add some yeah, gasoline bad. to the fire. Oh, yeah, I was bad. I was bad, man. Like, yeah, I was yeah, terrible. Man, I, 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 to the point man. I stopped bringing the report card home. Oh no, no. Wow. No. Woo. Look, man, I, I made a mistake one time and told my mom I, I just waited. And then I found, you know, I was waiting for her to be in a good mood. And uh we she dropped me off at the school one morning. I said, Mom, uh, I gotta tell you something. She was all happy listening to Marvin Gaye and all those beautiful songs. <laughs> I ended up uh, handing her my, my my progress report report card, man, and she looked at it and she turned like almost immediately, man, into the exorcist. Yeah. And man, she looked at me. She said, "When you get home, excuse my language, I'm gonna whoop your mother." Because she she had a yeah. I'm gonna whoop your mother. And the whole day in school, I couldn't even concentrate, man. <laughs> Yo, thinking about not. what's gonna happen oh, when you get you home. Know it's, you know it's coming. <laughs> it told me up. Well, I said, "Man, shit, I ain't doing that no more." You was brave enough to give it to her while you were still sitting in the car. You should, yeah. hey, you should have had the door open, like you one foot. I hand you this while I'm on the way out. Like still was gonna have to go home. He just of tried course. to get it all. He tried to ease it. You know, he didn't know he if she was gonna it. backhand him though on sight though. Like the backhand on the way to school would have been going to. 
And you know, the, and, and, and those mothers would do that then. But the reason I didn't, I didn't have one foot out is because she was in a good mood. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I feel you. Uh, so you were, um, so during all this time, you had your um, your diagnosis, but 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 you your symptoms about um, but you weren't diagnosed until you were seventeen. Like, how was that like dealing with that part of your life? Oh man, it was it was tough, man. I mean, every from the moment you woke up, it was constantly trying to navigate, you know, through through your through your day, you know, from. Even stepping out to bed, man, if it don't feel right, you might have to sit back down, stand up, sit back down. I mean, you know, uh, putting on your, your, your shorts, if it don't feel right coming up your legs, you gotta take it off, put it back on. So every, almost every little piece of clothing, uh, putting on your shoes, tying them, untying them, open the door, close the door. And so shoot, man, it would just take a while just to get outside. And, uh, you know, just constantly praying, man. You, like it, when you wake up in the morning, literally before you even wake up, you sitting in the bed before you move. Like, okay, God, today I'm gonna get through this. I ain't gonna hesitate unnecessarily. You know, I'm, man, if I if I'm committed to you or whatever, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna make this happen. But every day it fails. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, so you start questioning oh. it. You know, so, so yeah, and and just even going to the basketball court, man. It's you know, may, you may take about 40 minutes, 45 minutes just to get outside. Then on your way to basketball court, you. You training and you dribbling. If it don't feel right, about two, three times, if you mess up, if you're heading in this direction, you got to back up about 10, 15 steps and you got to start over. And whatever you do with the right, you do with the left, and it's got to feel perfect. So that may take you another 45, 50 minutes just to get to the court, and which was only about a 10 minute walk. <clears throat> and then when you get to the court, you train. And when you're messing up and don't feel right, you got to keep doing the thing over. And whatever you do on your right, you got to do on your left. And after my drill would be over, I may work out an hour and a half, and I'm I can't breathe. I mean, literally, I'm I'm training hard. Yeah. And then it's like this, Tourette's is the second person saying, "Okay, now you got through with that, but you can't leave until you play me." And if I didn't finish, what it put in my head, it's like my whole my symptoms would exacerbate. They would increase. It would be more more violent. And so I had to finish it. And it would tell me every time you got to make ten shots. And no matter, I mean, I could, I mean, literally, I had so many near-death experiences, Kenyan man, where I, I, I was breathing so hard, I couldn't catch my breath, man. Te- I mean, I would start, I mean, tears would start, I thought I would die because I was pushing myself that hard. Mm. And it would tell me at that moment, you can't leave. You have to make 10 shots. They have to be full speed while you tired. And the move that you make prior to making that shot can't have no glitches. And all of them got to go all net. So I can literally have made nine in a row, full speed, <gasps> going to, and nine go straight in. That 10th one could skim the rim and go in. I couldn't retake the 10th shot and say 10. I had to start back at zero. So that may take me another hour and a half. So it was, that's every day, man. I would have tears in my eyes like, man, I don't feel like doing this today, man. God, dog, because yeah. you knew what you had to go through. You couldn't leave without finishing it. But it paid off though, but man, it was, yeah. You know, even school, you know, just trying to get through class, reading stuff, if it didn't roll off my lips right, or even if I'm reading it without reading out loud, if it didn't sound right or come off my mind right, (laughs) I had to go until both of those things were in place. And now, let's say I'm reading it out loud, it's rolling off my mind right, but I don't comprehend it. I got to go back over it. 
that page, that page may take me 15 yeah. minutes to finish, but the, the beautiful thing is that once I finish it, I got it. Yeah. But they ended up labeling me though, because it took me so long to finish, and they ended up putting me in a special education class in uh, in junior high as a result of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I yeah, I read that man. Yeah, so people didn't understand it what was going on with you, and then yeah. when you were finally diagnosed, like that was that was probably a relief. I'm saying for yourself, like when you knew what what it was, you could tell people this is what it was, and they was assuming that you were one thing. But I'm saying because a lot, I didn't have Therese, but I stuttered bad as a kid. Yeah, like so people thought that that's what it was for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. For me, like I wouldn't get up, like my class participation was zero. I wouldn't get up and talk in front of the class, like never, ever. Don't, I don't so, want you to ask me no question. Yes, yeah. I'm in the back, I'm just listening, let me do my homework, go about my business. I was the same way. <laughs> I'm saying it wasn't that, but I, like I said, I stuttered to no end, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. everything affected that. But yeah. it was that, yeah, but to hear that you, the way you perfected your game was something yeah. that was, looked at as a detriment to yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? But but you used it to the best of your ability and yeah. I don't think you get enough credit for it. No, like a lot of people would have folded, man, but for you to realize this is what it is and made it to the highest level yeah. of 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 your craft, which, man. Very man. underrated, very underrated. Yeah, appreciate it, man, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. To go into, from, just picking up a ball, going to walk on on a tryout, to going to LSU. Yeah. And it, it definitely molds you. And uh, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, they'll ask me, they say, hey, if you had the choice not to have it, would you? I said, it's tempting. Uh, but I said, you know, I, I believe that God, for, I, I think God gives us burdens that we can bear. And he gives mm -hmm. us things to make us stronger, not to make us weaker. And I said, so he gave this to me for a reason, and and I and I, as I as I began to look at it, you know, I said, you know, and I say this to everybody, I don't think I'd be the person. And I was always raised to be respectful, to be courteous, you know, all of that. But and 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 to be humble. But I don't think I'd be when you have something that's overt, that's in your face, that you can't mm -hmm. hide. It kind of forces you, you know, you can't really be arrogant. You can't be that dude to jank everybody because you you're an easy target, right? Yeah. And so it kind of forces you uh, a little bit more to be that way. But also, I wouldn't be the basketball player, man, because little Chris Jackson, after an hour and a half, he was ready to go home. Yeah. But Perez Syndrome said, "No, you can't go nowhere until you satisfy me." So yeah. The, the quote that I usually tell him is, uh, "I said, no, I'd, I'd opt to keep it. I see many of his advantages as a result of it." I say, because Tourette's has taken me where I myself would not have gone without it. When I wanted to quit or stop it an hour and a half, it said, no, you got to push it. And it made me go another hour and a half, two hours, dead tired, about to die on the court. Yeah. I would have stopped the hour and a half. Not to of say course. I probably would have been good. Everybody would have. Right, right. <laughs> so, and, and then it, it did something else. It made you think not just about making something, because Tourette's is also, in many ways, okay, it doesn't, and it has to be something you love, but it forces you towards perfection. It's like, it's yeah. not enough to make 10 shots. Now you start, you know, how, they, how you make them, why you tired, you know, uh, 
the whole move got to be perfect. Oh, the ball's got to come back or it don't count. It keeps challenging you mm. to do it, and it, wow. you, you can't leave until it's that way. Wow. <laughs> so, nah. Yeah. Man, listen, like I said, you don't get enough credit. I appreciate it, man. In a lot of, in a lot of ways, but this is definitely one of them. For you to be a kid dealing with that and have to, yeah. De yeah, man. You don't get enough credit. Like. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So you go to LSU. Yeah. And you have one of the all-time best freshman years that could imagine in college basketball. Yeah. I'm reading some of these, just a, a couple of these games. You had 48. Yeah. You had 53. Yeah. You had 49. <laughs> you had 55. Yeah. You averaged 30 as a freshman. Oh. Kiss. Yeah, them real numbers. Yeah. yeah. So, therefore... You perfected, you having Tourette's, you perfected this and you went out and you gave people exactly what they <laughs> was or was not looking for. Yeah, so how was your experience going to LSU? And I was overweight. I was like 180 something pounds. That was, you know, cause I started uh, in high school. They put me on Haldol and Prolixin. I mean, uh, they put me on Haldol uh, for my Tourette's syndrome, man. And I was like 155 my high school senior year. And we play about 40 games. Play most of the most of the game, and I ended up, man, at the end of the, my season, I ended up being like about from 155 to 175. There's no way I should have gained that weight. Not at all. Not why you running every day. <laughs> I was at LSU, I was like 182 to 185, so I was overweight. But man, I, I just remember, uh, <laughs> I remember a guy Kent Kent Low asking me, man, what do you want your career to say for itself? I said, man, if I can average about 13 points, seven assists, I think that'll be a decent career. At, you know, in college, I'm thinking my, my dreams are bigger, Kenya, no doubt. But sometimes yeah. you can't mention to people what your dreams are because they may try to shoot them down or think you're arrogant. But, you know, of course, you want to dominate. But I'm like, OK, I'm these some, some of these guards going to be six, five, six, three, whatever. They're going to be just as fast and strong. And so I'm trying to pick a middle way, man. My first game was about 13, 12 and 13 and seven assists. OK, yeah. <laughs> and I go back. Second game, I hit 21, but I noticed it. I said, man, I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, man, that 21 came easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Dale Brown stopped me at the door after that game. He said, look, we need you to score more. So I said, hey, coach, I'll try. <laughs> third game, I had 48. Fourth game, I think, was 36. Then we played Florida, national televised game. They were number top team in the SEC. And when the game was over, I fouled out three of their guards. I had 53. We beat them. And then that, that's when it that's when it went off. I'm like, wow, this is it was scary though. You know, it literally it was scary because for me, growing up in Mississippi, not seeing and hearing, you know, sometimes like in New York, right? You hear a whole bunch of people going to the league. Yeah. Uh, but in Mississippi, you didn't have a lot of those examples, man. But I was like, man, this is happening too fast, man. I mean, yeah. shoot, I'm doing the same stuff I was doing since elementary and junior high, same little moves and getting away with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And I, I just, man, I just tried to ride it, but it was great. You know, uh, the competition back then, people that we played, uh, I mean, and Dale just gave me, he just gave me, man, the green light. He just said, look, yeah. we need you. We need you to score a little bit more. He said a little, we need you to score more. He, he didn't know what he was, what he was saying. He seen it, he knew you could do it. Hey man, uh, it was, 
man, it was it was it was a great experience, man. And I still pinch. I mean, really, man, I still pinch myself because you know, I mean, you know it, man. Every when you get off, and you know now you a, tar- a target is on your back. Yeah. And you know that okay, man. These these cats now they see. Now they're gonna be devising defenses. But what I did, what I took, went back every every time I went to the basement. And I always trained when I was young, like I would always imagine two, three invisible people close to me. And they were always, when I dribbled, they were always finger, fingertip away from my dribble, my yeah. shot. And I'm, just, yeah. and I'm trying to create space with my imagination. Because yeah. at that age, I'm like, you know what? If I can create space with my imagination, get my shot off, no human being can stay with me like my imagination can. Mm. You know, so I would even go up and I'd imagine people like hitting me and holding me. And I'm just constantly, and I would be breaking down two, three invisible people. Yeah. So I'm always thinking of deep. I'm like, okay, if they bring this, they bring this. I got to work on my foot speed. I got to get my shot off. I got. So I was always trying to be a step ahead, man, because I ain't want that feeling to leave. You know, when you get off, yeah. yeah. You, you want those games. You wanted to stay. You want to keep. You want to live in the moment. <laughs> right. So right. you out there playing the boxing one. That so they boxing one and you and your man. So so, <laughs> so when you saw it, it wasn't nothing. Like right. I could, yeah. You rehearsed it so many times. Yeah, because yeah. I'm pretty sure they tried every defense imaginable. Yeah, um, in them two years yeah. in college, in two years you spent in college. Yeah, two time player of the year, kiss two time player of the year. First two years, two time player of the year. Um, and not to mention they had a big fella that wasn't too bad throughout his <laughs> tenure there and in the league. But Mr. O'Neal, yeah, wasn't wasn't that bad. They had, yeah, so. And didn't Stanley. hear about him. And Stanley. And Stanley oh, Roberts, too. They yeah, had two. They had, yeah, they had big and big. They had big and bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big yeah. and bigger on the back line. <laughs> Listen, but hey, y'all, if I miss, if I miss, y'all get the rebound. Yeah. But that the was, big yeah, if. Yeah, that's the mentality. So, yeah. yeah. To go to be the third pick in the draft, man. Like, this is. Yeah. Like, so it was DC, Gary. GP, yeah. and then you. Yeah. Listen, man. Yeah, he belonged yeah. with. And, That's some great company. Yeah, of course. I say so myself. Yeah, of course. So was I'm pretty sure, like you said, your background, your mother's, um, you come from single parent household. The decision for you to leave LSU early wasn't. It wasn't a hard decision. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, man. Uh, you know, and look, I say this to this day, man. I look. I. I'm even embarrassed to say it because with what, with what, with, with what I know now, even more so about the money that colleges are making off athletes, Yeah, you know, and, and, and LSU just came out of, of being on probation because of something that happened with John Williams prior to me getting there. But I know a lot of dudes was getting paid, got paid before they went to college, you know, yeah. big money. And here it is. I'm trying to do things the right way, but in doing it the right way, I did it the wrong way. <laughs> and I ain't get nothing. I ain't, I ain't, look, I didn't get anything. And of course, people praise you for it. Oh, you know, you did it. No, man, technically, man, y'all should have been paying us all the millions y'all made. And all you giving me is the, uh, the possibilities of a degree with the possibilities of a good job. Yeah. Why are you making these millions now? I didn't get literally, I didn't get, I didn't get anything from LSU. So yeah. I'm at LSU. There was a couple of times, man, I had to call Coach Cars. I'm in the guy doggone room. Now I'm on Cover Sports Illustrated. People don't know that I'm on Cover Sports Illustrated. I'm breaking records, but I'm calling Coach Cars, man. I say, hey, man, look, man, I'm hungry. 
I need yeah. something. He had to go to rallies about a few times in my career to get me some hamburgers, man, so I could yeah. eat. And so, but uh, yeah, a lot of people thought I took a pay cut leaving LSU, but <laughs> when I went home one day, what did it for me was I walked into my mom's house and I went to the restroom. And, and well, well, first I was in the kitchen. I look in the kitchen, man, there's nothing in the refrigerator. But you know, a thing of water, some milk, I mean, it was empty. Yeah. Then I go into the restroom and I'm washing my hands and I kind of lean on my hands and the sink fell through. That's when I came out, man. And, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really curse, man, but at times I will. I said, man, man F this, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm through with this, man. I'm gone. And my mom is looking, man. She had her head down like real sad. I said, I'm finished, man. I, I, I'm not going to, because I'm thinking, man, I'm at LSU. I'm eating all these meals, three meals a day. And here it is, my mom, her refrigerator's in. Yeah. You know, I'm living like this. And I got an opportunity. And you know how it is, man. A lot of times there's no loyalty with these schools once you leave. Mm, not at all. And I said, no, I got to go. And at that moment, I decided, and I went and talked to Coach Brown, man. I said, look, I got to go, man. I got to take care of my family. Yeah. And he actually said something that blew my mind. I thought he was going to get upset and really try to convince me. He said, he said you know what? You want to go? He said, I'm going to make some calls. You see see where you would where, where you <laughs> end up. He said, I think this is the best time. He said, matter of fact, this, this is tripping. He said, matter of fact, we're going to make it. We're we going to make it so that you get more touches. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> yeah. about touches. But oh. he, he was looking for me to score even more. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, nah, that's what you need in your corner, though. You need somebody that's, yeah. when you come to him, explain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, feel you. Yeah, yeah. facts. Yeah. No, nah, and that's, nah, that's dope. So, yeah. you get drafted to the Nuggets. The first two years, you don't play much. Mm-hmm. The third year, you you come back and just your time. And this is around the time that you changed your name. So did you think, was it hand in hand? Like, did did you become in a, a different person outside of basketball has something to do with your play? Well, actually, I think I changed my name after the year I got most improved. Okay. But, yeah, those first two years, man, I was – there was a lot of things going on. You know, I gained a lot of weight. I never had a trainer in my life, you know. Yeah. Uh, really, for me, it was just, I would always watch television. I took photo images of what I saw, and I tried to go make it my own. And then I tried to tweak it and add to it. And, you know, like I said, being on the court, the imagination, the invisible people. And uh, 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 what did you ask me, man? I, I, I got a blank. What did you just ask me? Around the time when you changed your name and you got most improved. Oh, yeah. So those uh, first two years, man, uh, man, I was moving to Denver. I'd never been in the snow. It was gloomy. <laughs> you know, mm. I was depressed. The people that drafted for me, Doug Moe, they ended up getting rid of. They brought in Paul Westhead. It was obvious from the door that he had a lot of people that came through with him, I guess, college or whatever, and he didn't really want me there. You know how that is sometimes a coach wants you, but another coach don't. Yeah. Uh, and the style of play, man, I was out of shape, right? So all of those things was happening, and I just began to make excuses, and that was a small part, man. I was literally, I was debating, man, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like, I was like, man, I'm just take what I got, man, and go about my business, but then that competitiveness comes to man, trick this, I came too far. Yeah. You know, and I walked into the store uh, and I remember going down the aisle and seeing some magazines and some caused me to pick up a magazine, man. And the magazine said, he's a bust. 
and that just clipped the light on me, man. Uh, and I started going to the gym. I started doing stab master for about an hour. I would call my boys in in the summer, a couple of dudes named Boo and Prune. I said, look, man, y'all come down. I give them a call. I said, meet me at the gym twice a day. And I, we, we work out, we play one-on-one, -on -one, like, I mean, scratch, push. Yeah. And I did that the whole, I, I dropped a total of maybe 40, 40 pounds, because I ended up having navicular bone surgery that I didn't need because I was so <laughs> depressed. I said, just had a surgery, man. I don't even want to play no more, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, I lost all that weight, but that reading that article did it for me because I didn't want to be- Flip the switch. Yeah, flip the switch, man. And uh, that's when I came back. And then they they changed they changed the coaches uh, from Paul Westhead to Dan. Dan say, look, man, the slate is clean. He said, you know, it's yours if you want it. And because right before that last game, Paul Westhead, he was on the bench. My mother came. That was, the, I think, the first game my mother came to that whole year. And it was the last game of the season. And he kneeled by me. He had, hadn't put me in the game. And that's when I began to change, you know, turn it around a little bit, you know. And he, uh, because I became a Muslim and I started fasting, my weight started trimming Don't off you a wait. Bit. Yeah. Right. So my game started coming around. That last game, he got on his knees and he looked at me. He looked at the guy next to me. I'm looking out on the court, but I see him with my peripheral vision because yeah. he's right there. He looks at me. He looks at the guy next to me. He looks at me. And then he calls the other guy's name to go in. And then what I did was I chuckled. And as I'm still looking on the court, cause he's looking at me. Yeah. I said, I said, that's okay. I said, just know one thing. I said, I'll be here long before you gone. I'm gonna have the last laugh. Yeah. And then he was like, phew. And I just <laughs> kept on looking. He me the whole game. And, and when they fired him, Dan came in and that next year I got all, I got most improved. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, them yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, that's Ew. it's crazy, man. How these how these coaches do and how they how they control. Like I used to tell people all the time, like it's that's one thing they can control, man. Like and it's out of your control. That's right. What you're doing, what you like, it ain't what you're doing. Yeah. What you're not doing. Exactly. It's their own insecurities. It's their own hangups. It's their own battle within themselves. Or you're right. Like like stuff like that. Like you can't tell me that this guy. Come in third pick in the draft. What he did in college don't deserve to play. And you, like you, messing with his minutes and messing. He with He seen his that pull up. He seen that shot from the elbow. I don't know why he was acting like he ain't know about that thing. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is, man. yeah. So it's documented, and a lot of people who don't know you, you were doing. I mentioned in the intro the things that Colin Kaepernick did. But, but you did it in a different way then. Yeah. And you got some of the same treatment. It was just, it was probably was worse because there wasn't nobody, it, it wasn't out in the social media world. You know what I'm saying? People were yeah, I mean, doing this directly. Yeah, yeah. they doing it directly to him and, and the effect, nobody was there to be like, no, nah, he's right. Yeah. And you going from getting fined by the league, mm -hmm. um, to them making some kind of special provision, like what was that like that you didn't have to, you could close your eyes or or some crap they tried to pull, right? Man, look, they, they made it seem like they were in total control. We didn't, 
we didn't sit down to negotiate. I told them, listen, uh, because after talking to a guy, a mentor of mine, getting some Islamic, you know, advice, uh, because I was ready to give it up. And then he gave me an example and he said, look, you can do it, but it doesn't have to be for their cause. You can pray for the oppressed. You can do this, you can do, you know, and you can still use your platform or you can not play either way, as long as you don't acknowledge that in the context of, you know, giving your pledging your allegiance to it. Yeah. You can stand while a song is going, but you can, your direction can be something totally different. Gotcha. And then he gave me an example of the prophet and then that resonated with me. I said, okay, that makes sense. I said, because if it made sense, I'm, I'm that person, man. If you tell me something and it resonates, it makes sense. I'm not, I don't have too much pride to where I can't change my, 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 my focus. As long as I'm not, I don't feel that I'm compromising my truth and integrity. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you make a decision and you see, well, there could possibly be a better or another way of going about it where you can still execute it. And uh, so, you know, that's, uh, man, you said, uh, that, that, that's, that's what eventually happened. Uh, I'm trying to think of what you just said, man, my mind is going in and out, but you said something uh, just now. Uh, oh, that the league tried to do some kind of special provision for you. You said like you, like that was something like that you came like they up sat with. Down with you yeah, and yeah, yeah. They, but that, but that's something that you came to them with. Be like, this is what I'm going to do. Right, and they even lied, man. They would, they would say you would hear the media saying, "Man, he's supposed to meet uh, David Stern in New York." I never talked to David. The only time I ever met David Stern was on the podium when I got drafted, and the day in Sacramento when he didn't probably didn't realize I was on the Sacramento Kings, and he was walking, shaking people's hand. He came to me and he hesitated. Yeah. And then I looked at him. He looked at me. We said something sarcastic to each other. I can't remember. Shook each other's hand and he, he left. Never, that was never, <clears throat> never a discussion that was had whatsoever between David Stern and I. They didn't even know, man, that the NBA, Rod Thorne was in control of finding people. Yes. And he ended up telling me because I wore my socks too low and you couldn't see the NBA emblem. This is prior to this. He said, you know, if you don't put your socks up, we're gonna find you a thousand dollars per sock. So this is the guy who knows what to find people for. When the agent called him after the flag incident, he said, man, uh, they suspended my move for not standing for the flag. He said, there ain't no rule for not standing for the flag. Yeah. <laughs> now he finds he should know, right? <laughs> and so it, it was, it was just, man, they, they were just trying to save face. It, it was so many, you know, it was so many holes, hold, you know, holes in the conversation and, and, and what was going on, man, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. And I talked to uh, later on, you said something too, in terms of those times with social media. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Harry Edwards, who okay. influenced the 1968, the Black Fist, you know, John yes. Carlos and Tommy Lee, not to, uh, you know, to, to protest during the 1968 Olympics in Mexico. Yeah. He told me something I never thought about. He said, you know, when uh, Muhammad Ali did what he did, he said there was a movement associated with it. He said, for example, when Kaepernick did what he did, there was the Black Lives Matter movement. When John Carlos and Tommy Lee did what they did, there was the Black Power movement. Yeah. They, whatever they did, it could be framed within a movement. He mm. said, what made yours and Craig Hodges tougher and stronger, this is his words, not mine, because everybody, you know, everybody who takes a position, man, I'm like, hey, man, I applaud you, keep it up. And I don't get, you know, caught up in better, but, but he said, you guys, there was no movement to frame it under. It's like you were in an ocean all alone. 
so the media could take it and frame it the way they want. Yeah. And so without social media, that's another thing because they could also, you know, I was getting death threats. I was getting all of those type letters, but I also got a lot of support mail from atheists, agnostics, Christians, Jews, saying we think the same thing as you. We feel the same way. And I know if they were sending me that, they were sending it to the media, but yeah. because social media wasn't involved, the media could say they could choose what they wanted and just present it. And social media, if it was there, it would have been totally different. Kind of like when that Muslim player, Abdullah in the NFL, he went to the end zone and he went into prostration. The NFL said, we're gonna find you, we're gonna, we're gonna suspend you and find you. People got on social media and said, what about Tebow? Yeah. And they had to pull back. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it was yeah. too much noise. And so yeah. that, that really made the difference. Yeah. So during that time, some, um, it was four individuals that got charged with a misdemeanor out in Denver. Um, they ran in a mosque and they started playing, um, it was playing a bugle and a trumpet and they was playing the Star Spangled Banner. Like like stuff like that was going on, kids. Like people were really, like you said, he received death threats. This was going on. Like I just, like you said, with, with no support that everybody knew about, like it, it just couldn't, it made it that much. I, I, oh, I can only imagine yeah. that it made it that much tougher for oh. you, like for yeah. you and during your career, like there's no way that your career, NBA career should have been as short as it was. And I'm pretty sure this has something to do with it. I, like not the sole reason, but I'm- Something, I definitely has a lot, something. A lot of, a huge part, huge nice part. Nice percentage, nice percentage. Like, you know how it like could be, It could be the, the reason. Majority, the main thing, yeah, like, the majority. Like, Kiss, you don't like, like Kiss, you, you dealt with David Stern from afar just being a fan. Mm-hmm. He dealt with a young David Stern. David Stern was a little older when I came in. Mm-hmm. Like David Stern ran this thing with an iron fist. Yeah. It was his way or the highway. Dictator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback on what he was saying about David Stern not shaking his hand and like looking up and being surprised that he there, like, like stuff like that. Like, yeah, so I can, yeah. I would bet money that David has something to do with it. And it just resonated to the other owners and things like that. And mm-hmm. him having like, when it went to play overseas and all that, but it's not the same. Um, definitely not the same, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, but David Stern ruled this thing with a with an iron fist, man. Like he was a dictator, so. And, 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 it's, and it's something that you say that not a lot of people, you know, even when they leave the league sometimes, man, not a lot of people wanna, wanna go out and, and, and say what you just said, but that's, that's the reality of it. Oh yeah, no, I dealt with him, yeah. I, he told I can him, imagine yeah. how many lives, you know, that that were that were affected, yes. Uh, as a result of that, man, there's, I don't think yeah. that there's a way of really calculating. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So I don't know if there's something you're comfortable ask answer, but it has something to do with your. Did your house being burned down in Mississippi have anything to do with your religious beliefs and things like that? I mean, it's possible. I mean, it it was, I think it was right before, right before nine eleven. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, you know, look, man, I've, for, for the longest of times, I've never minced my words, you know what I mean? And I say what I feel and believe, and I mean, you just never know. Uh, you know, you never know who have hangups. You know, I was, look, man, I was in my yard not too long ago when I went to Turkey uh, during this pandemic. Yeah. When I came back, the FBI, the FBI rolled up in my yard like they owned the place. <laughs> you know, and they were telling me, they said, well, look, we got, they bring this this guy with them, that ex NFL guy, and I know how they do. 
sometimes they bring a guy that's, if they can find somebody that's similar to you, it kind of eases, yeah. you know, you calm you down. But I'm, I'm being nice, I'm cordial, but in no way don't, don't take my being cordial and nice and soft-spoken as all of us, and I'm joking with you as, as friends, mm-hmm. I'm being very conscientious of what you're asking me, what, yeah. if I'm gonna answer, or if I'm gonna tell you to go see my lawyer, or if I'm not gonna answer, but they ended up telling me they got news from somebody concerning me and anti-American activity. <laughs> and I said, uh, and, and, and they said, are, are, have you been in uh, any beef with anybody? And I'm saying to myself, well, you the FBI, you wouldn't have come over here. I ain't say that, but I'm thinking to myself real fast. Well, you the FBI, I'm sure you wouldn't have come over here all this way if you haven't did your research. Did you? Yeah, yeah you know everything about everything. Yeah, so I, I told him, I said, listen, man, I said, I said, not that I know of. I said, on social media or in person, I said, but look, a lot of people can have gripes with me. I said, I said, my views are open. You know, you can, they're, they're public. Things I like, things I don't like. I said, but as far as anti-America and and not, I said, there's a whole bunch that I don't like about this country. I said, I've never been, I've never been soft on the issue. Just as is so, uh, as, as does, or as is the case with so many millions of people here that don't mm-hmm. like a lot of things happening in this country. So, you know, and then they start talking to me about, well, we got to do our job and this, I said, I understand. Then they start talking to me about basketball and training. And <laughs> I said, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, definitely those things, I think, no question, can you, yeah. those things, because uh, I was in my prime. Uh, even when I came back, I was, they kept telling me to go to, because uh, at one point, Houston, they would have summer, a lot of yeah. NBA guys would go and play. And I was like, man, I ain't going to play, man. Shoot, they already know what I can do. I'm, I'm yeah. not, going to, uh, not going to demean myself by doing that. But one time I just got fed up. I said, you know what, this is for me. Let me go down there. And I ended up going down there, man. They saw me, and you had a, one from uh, the the Lakers and one from uh, what is it called, uh, San Antonio. And after I finished playing, man, D Jones was down there. I think Mucci Nars, he was still young. Uh, Richard yeah. Lewis, and I just it was just a good day. I was yeah. just getting off. <laughs> and they were like, man, you still got it. And I said, I appreciate it. And then that's yeah. when uh, San Antonio invited me to the. The, the the summer thing, but I, I think it was more just for public consumption, gotcha. just so they can say they invited me, man. And You're trying I, to say I, face. I just went to Russia, played overseas, and I came back. Gotcha. Yeah, nah, that's <laughs> trying yeah. to save face, man. So, yeah. um, so a little birdie told me that <laughs> you were at an LA Fitness one time, and they asked you to leave because you weren't an employee. You was in a training some people. You was giving some people some tips. Man, <laughs> and you know what, man? That's just me. I mean, I literally, even outside of the gym, I would have, because I work out hard, you know, I, yeah. I got a lot Steel. of stuff, you know, and, and so I would have sometimes 10, 12 people in a group. We'd be men doing stab master. We'd be doing all the leg work, I mean, running. And of course they want the business, but in the contract it say you can't coach. Yeah, I know the language, dude, you know, and so, it's one thing for me to instruct and I'm not doing it, but we can, I'm working with everybody and we motivate. I say, I ain't coaching. We motivating each other. Yeah. Right? And you see a lot of people doing it, but they got upset, man. They got, <laughs> if somebody come ask me something, man, I, that's just in my nature. If I can get, if I can give you something yeah. to help you, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna be out yeah. there with you. I'm gonna try to show you. And this dude just, he was feeling himself. And uh, he said to me, I hate when people use their, man, I just, it's, 
It's in my DNA. He came to yeah. me, accepted me, had this arrogance, and the dude that was working for him, this African-American brother, I guess he calls himself snitching, and he comes over there smiling with him. <laughs> and, and really, really, Kenyon, I, I didn't. I haven't said this to anybody. You the first. Really, it was because a girl that he liked, he yeah. found out. the group. Oh, uh. <laughs> right? And so I'm in there training, and he comes over there smiling, and the guy walks up to me. He's like, listen, you can't do that. I said, what you mean? And so I challenged him, just like I challenged people in the NBA, presidents yeah. and CEOs. Yeah, of course. And he didn't like it. And uh, he ended up kicking me out, man. And I was, I, I really, I should have sued him. I, I should have. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about going back in there and have me somebody to film from a distance, to yeah. catch me, walking by people that doing the same thing and not yeah. saying anything and going yeah. to take them back to court. <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. people crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> me off, man. Yeah. No, that's what's up, man. No, this was. <laughs> it's crazy. Getting me hyped up in here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to to move on a little, like you recently, well, we recently played in the big three. Yeah, and I had the pleasure to see a game. I had and the people to catch them. Yeah. And you were the the elder statesman of the league. But listen, age nothing. No. <laughs> We had the game plan. Like we played them and said, we, like we had the game plan for you. Yeah. Like you're the oldest one in the league. We got a game plan for you. <laughs> like, how, like <laughs> that, that's like when Jordan went to the Wizards. Like we got a game plan. Like yeah. so, you were the Michael Jordan of the Big Three. Because <laughs> oh, wow. nah, man, like you still, yeah. like you like you said, you still work out hard and you have like a work ethic that's never left. And for you to still be able to move and put that ball in the basket the way you still can after all these years, man, is is nothing short of impressive. Movement is medicine, baby. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Health like, is wealth. Like you were in better shape than 95, 96% of the league. I'm saying other than guys who just got done playing. Yeah. Like. And you went out there and you gave dudes exactly what they were looking for. And <laughs> other than when y'all was playing us, hey, <laughs> yo, I was, yo, uh, we, if you could have heard some of the conversations I used to have with some some of these dudes, like, yo. Well, I know you. I know you yeah. be going for people, so. <laughs> so, and I was going in your, in, in, on your behalf and in your favor, yo. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. We're in that lobby, we we putting them back in the lobby drinking and stuff, kissing. I'm letting everybody know. Yeah. He two was light, yeah. big, Oh, it's two. <laughs> I had two guys on my team that couldn't nobody guard. And it was a third. And yeah, the man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. And you know what? Some 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 of that got back to me, man. And 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 now that I'm in front of you, man, I just want to say I appreciate that looking out, man. But I but I know it came, I know it was genuine though. I know it wasn't just words. No, you, yeah, know, no, I'm a, you yeah, also I'm a got that reputation, and that's one of the things I admire about you, man. Whether people agree with us or not, I admire the fact that if you got something on your mind, you're not gonna mince your words either. You're gonna say oh, what no, you I'm feel. Say, and yeah, so I yeah. really, man, I really have grown to really appreciate brothers like that, man. So I sure appreciate kudos it, to you. Definitely. I appreciate it. No, yeah, like I, I piggyback on guys who came before me, man, and you are you are a living example of someone who did it right, stood on their beliefs. Um, 
And now that I'm hearing more of your story, man, I, re I respect you even more. You know what I'm saying I knew a lot before, um, but I respect you even more as a man, first and foremost. And yeah. for you, the basketball goes to say, you know what I'm saying? Just what you did and things that you accomplished yeah. with a lot of the things that were going on around you that you had every right to give up, quit, not work as hard, like a lot of it, man. So. Yeah, no, I respect I respect the hell out of you, man. Like I, <laughs> I do. So, so I appreciate you coming on. Likewise, thank you. I'm 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 uh I'm gonna take my shahada after this Ramadan, brother. So when they start trying to blackball me in the industry, I'm gonna be calling you for some jewels. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Definitely. Think, yeah, hey, man. May Allah make it easy for you, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So recently, um, yeah. So kids, to piggyback on your um, what you were saying. So recently, Stephen Jackson converted. So yeah. what are your feelings? Um, so what are your feelings about that? Oh man, it's always nice to see somebody, man, that that uh, that are on a journey uh, to know themselves, to find out for themselves what they believe the truth is, and to embrace it. You mm -hmm. know. So uh, I didn't. You know, you never know what a person is going through. But some yeah. people say, man, where this came from. But because you don't know what a person's going through and, you know, how their mind is processing things, you know, it's just, and, and sitting with him, you know, during the big three, just especially when we were in those little private moments and just listening to how, how, uh, how he was in terms, he seemed to be a very, uh, very concerned brother about justice, you know, and, and, and so it's, it, when I heard it, it wasn't surprising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was, it, it was, it was definitely nice to see, you know, somebody coming mm -hmm. to the family, but, at the same time, you know, for us, whether you're a Muslim, Jew, Christian, man, if if you just, you know, conscientious, man, you you you're working on behalf of trying to benefit people and be supportive yeah. and all that, man. Look, we work together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? working together. Yeah, yeah. I, I follow him, man, and I see him. He's constantly posting with his rug out and prayer, and, and mm -hmm. so it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, he's definitely putting it out there for the world to see, man. And that's right. It's definitely a good thing, man. So, my brother, I'd like to thank you once again, man, for coming on, man, and and sharing your story, spending a little time with myself and Kiss, man, on Needing Unfiltered. Yeah, great um, time. Great knowledge, very, man. Very, very insightful. Um, and I just reiterate once again, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of you as a man. Uh, I've gotten to know you over the last few years, man. So, I consider you a big brother. Um, and you know, I'm saying you're a legend, like in a lot of ways, man. So continued happiness, health, um, longevity, man. And, and look, the more for you guys, man. And, and, and again, man, I, I try never to say what I don't mean. You know, you, the, the first step is the toughest, man. The fact that you guys have made this step, man, to have this 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 uh, podcast and doing what you're doing, man. Keep keep excelling. Uh, in my prayers, man. I hope that this thing just blows up. Uh, exponentially, man, to where it just becomes super successful. You're able to take it <laughs> live, man. So yeah, yes, keep, sir. keep at it, man. Definitely. All right. Bless Thank you, bless sir. Much love always. That's, peace. And that's and a wrap, people. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>